This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, Time Live. Live. This week, we discovered that 2K Games postpones WWE 2K's showcase mode. We give thanks and celebrate Jerry Lawson for his contributions to video games. Xbox confirms a next-gen console is in the works. Meanwhile, Crystal Dynamics reveals the redesign to Laura Croft. Then, in our final stage, I continue my Fandom Thieves fandom as I review Persona 5 Tactica. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live and TalkTimeLive.com. I am your host, Xavier Desai, and I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm a little uh, little drained out. Looked at my aura ring this morning, and it just says my readiness score a little bit less than normal. I'm usually about an 80. It's saying 70 right now. I feel like 70 right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, on a second take of empty today, but we are, have enough information and news to fill you up and get you on the go today on select start uh lots of gaming news to talk about today and like i said uh i'm continuing my fandom thieves fandom i don't know why all of a sudden i just wanted to jump on uh persona 5 i've already enjoyed persona 5 you know strikers i started with that i watched the uh anime but what i realized when i just started watching i started playing persona 5 royale and i've realized that the anime only takes you to a certain point of the game and then it stops. I didn't realize, yeah, I'm a late bloomer. I have a late bloomers list of things that I need to do. People shut up. But um, I didn't realize that there was so much more story that was told in the game that I didn't realize. So I beat Persona 5 Royale was blown away with the storytelling and, and the side missions. I already was anyway, and that's what kind of brought me in. Again, I'm late bloomer to the Persona 5 deal. Now, I never understood the fascination for Joker when he, you know, entered in as uh, a character in Smash Brothers, and people got really excited for it because I wasn't in the loop. And reason being is because I don't, at the time, I didn't play RPG games. I do now. And with that said, I recognize Persona 5, I get it. I totally get it. I recognize Persona 5 is personally for me, one of my all time favorite RPG games, bar none. Um, there are some other ones that were really good, fast paced ones like that, but the storytelling, the character development, the relevancy, how, do you understand how relevant that story of that game is in today's climate? The stuff that they were talking about in the story, like when we talk about like the whole Vince McMahon scandal and all these corrupt, you know, um, you know, rich 
you know, um, hierarchy, uh, patriarchs and, uh, and everything out there in, in the real world. And I'm looking, I'm playing this game and I'm like, yo, this is seriously sounding like an awful lot of things that are going on right now in pop culture and society and, and current events right now. Um, it just, man, as I look at the limited edition Persona 5 Royale pendant that I bought from New York Comic Con uh, last year, I, I keep asking myself like, man, I wish, there are times I wish the, the Phantom Thieves was a real thing because there are some people that needs to have their hearts and treasures stolen up here, I tell you. But as I become more of a fan of this, I decided that, especially after last week's review of um, Jujutsu Kaisen, which let me tell you this, after I played that game, this is one of those rare games that like after I played it, I deleted it from my, from my, um, from my PS5 uh, SD card. Cause I, I don't see myself playing that game anytime soon, if not ever, it just, it just didn't live up. Um, remember last week, it got a D plus for a reason. If you don't know why, find out, go download last week's episode. If you didn't check it out, especially if you're planning to want to play that game, if you're a fan of the game, you may not, you may want to hold off, go out, go out, uh, go out of your way and check that out last week's episode, but I had to make it up and what better way to make it up than to, than to try out the latest persona five game tactica, which is now a tactical based strategy RPG basically. And what I love about the persona series is that basically each persona, persona three, persona four all had different versions of their game. If you guys remember the um, Persona, I believe it was Persona 4, had in, in, in uh, association with Persona 3 as well, they have a um, the fighting game that Arc System Works uh, put together and Atlas put together. So they do tie themselves into different genres, even though the base genre, the flagship base genre is RPG, but they expand out by having all these other games so they had, you know, uh, the, the fighting game, uh, then they came out with the sequel, the, the actual sequel to Persona 5, which is Strikers, which I'm replaying again, because now that I played the full story, things make some more, th things are now making more sense in that universe in terms of the second story. So, you know, now like I'm reading, I'm listening to the dialogue and the story al along with the new, um, characters in here and everything's starting to make more sense than it did before. Uh, but I decided to get uh, tactical and we're going to talk about that in our final stage of what I thought of that, uh, venture. Cause, uh, I, I will just say now I had a better experience with way better experience with that. Than I did with, um, Juju, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, man. Uh, so stay tuned for that in our final stage, but we got a lot of things to talk about right now. So let's jump on it. Let's start with 2k games. Let's start with WWE 2k24 which is on countdown mode right now because in less than about three weeks we will be uh getting our hands on the latest installment of 2k24 and myself and boris roberto aguilar of all elite geekly and sunday night's main event will be reviewing that we'll be doing a um a simo uh sort of a simulcast uh deal you know where uh we did last year where we reviewed this game and i think we're gonna possibly have even better, you know, reviews than we did last year. And last year's was pretty good. This year may be better because of what they're adding, but what they're not adding right now <laughs> is the showcase mode 
which is something that they usually have on day one. If you guys been under a rock, no pun intended, then you know a lot of things have happened within WWE in the last few weeks to a month or so. Just crazy things. One, Dwayne Rock Johnson is now a board member for TKO. Uh, he also, you know, got his, you know, rock uh, trademark back as a result, along with a lot of stock and, and money that involved with it. He's involved in one of the biggest storylines in WrestleMania coming, which is, will be here in Philadelphia as well. Um, but of course, as you know, the biggest news of all of that is that Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar technically no longer exist in the world of WWE, in the universe that is WWE, if you will. Um, reason being because of a particular, you know, lawsuit that we'll talk about in a sec, of course, not thoroughly, but you know, we, you know, a lawsuit that came about and accusations and allegations that have come that led to them departing TKO and being wiped from existence in that brand. So all that has happened. And as a result of that, WW2K24 provides not only more info on there, but when can when we can expect to play it now, which is crazy because normally when these games come out, they already have the showcase mode there. However, due to circumstances beyond their control, they had to make some changes and we'll talk about that right now. Let's talk about the list of matches that were announced uh, this year. So I'm looking at uh, Game Informer and they, uh, looks like they released all of the matches i don't know if this is an updated version of this but you know there's going to be some changes to this because a lot of these wrestlemania you know when they talk about the showcase of the immortals and celebrating the 40 years of wrestlemania a lot of it involves vince mcmahon especially when he plays the mr mcmahon character which stemmed from what like 95 90 95 to 2000 and something you know um there's a lot of history involving him on air like and i know that there were supposed to be matches he's a he's gonna he was always gonna be a playable character in the game he's always a playable character in the game well not this time looks like they are aiming to take him out they have already um went through procedures to take brock lesnar out of the game as well the graphic that you um first saw in the 40 years of wrestlemania which had brock lesnar in there has been changed and they took him out of there so that is, they're on the move 2k games is on a move and they're constant so let's talk about the list of matches that we will see first here um matches that has been included revealed 16 of them so far one of which is ricky the dragon steamboat with george the animal still so I, you know remember when i talked about this last week they announced that there were going to be 200 plus characters in the game including legends george the animal still is in the game versus macho man randy savage with elizabeth so all of them are going to be in a game representing wrestlemania 3 which is awesome absolutely fantastic george the animal still is absolutely a legend um and a very intelligent guy too like if you see his character on, on wwe but then you find out he's like a educator <laughs> school teacher or whatnot you'd be blown away it's like the biggest gimmick since like nikita koloff to some extent um so that's going to be one of the matches hulk hogan versus andre the giant the infamous wrestlemania 3 match with bobby the brain heenan so bobby the brain heenan is also announced to be in the game there's also ravishing rick rude who will be making his return with bobby the brain heenan versus the ultimate warrior you know <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate to say this, but like, seriously, like we talk about people that needs to be taken out of games. I know we all love the ultimate warrior, man, but that dude, that I, I, I fear, I fear if he was still alive, what he would probably be saying now with everything that's going on with this current climate of, you know, things that are going on and the discussions that are going on. I, I, I will, I will, I will put money that if warrior was still alive to this day, he managed to um, live up to this uh, part of life with everything going on in current events. I think he would have been canceled out of the game too. He would have got kicked out of the game himself. Um, I'm surprised he really did because he said a lot of controversial things before he left. But you're glossing over that. And then when you compare and contrast what he said in accordance to what Brock and, and, and Vince did, I guess they're thinking of him as the lesser evil in this case. So it is what it is. But he's in the game. Brett the Hitman Hart versus Roddy Piper, WrestleMania 7. That was a great match. Uh, Razor Ramon versus uh, like if any match that should be in the showcase of Immortals or the 40 years of WrestleMania, that damn match absolutely should be. Is the infamous ladder match that they had that really kind of pioneered or revolutionized the way that we looked at because it wasn't the first ladder match. I mean, that is been documented. There's been plenty of ladder matches prior to, especially in Stampede Wrestling and, and other deals before it's just because again it's in a it's in a promotion with higher production and higher uh wide speed and bandwidth to, for people to see it at the time it got more exposure and it was recognized as the ladder match um but that will be on air because it did make it did change the uh the life of Shawn michaels if you will um it was just funny because it, it you know, like Razor Ramon was also a part of it too, but everybody just focuses on what Michaels did and the bumps that he took and all this stuff. So it's it's crazy, but it's on air. It, it would be crazy not to. This match as well, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That rivalry doesn't get talked about enough, but it led to that infamous I Quit match that had the uh, the iconic optics of Stone Cold bleeding and passing out on WrestleMania uh, 13, making it one of the most legendary double turns ever stone cold versus the rock wrestlemania 17 now i have issue with this i have major issue with this um reason being and reason being because yes okay here's here's my here's my issue this definitely involves Vince mcmahon um this was the infamous match if i'm correct in canada that led to the handshake between uh vince mcmahon and stone cold that led to stone cold i guess going to a hill turn even though i feel like he was already a hill in itself um but also it meant it, it was the beginning of the downfall of quality and and in um and promise that vince mcmahon once gave so it it's i honestly i would take that match out I would have added the, and I'm part of it is I'm being biased because I was there for this one. The original, the first encounter of, of Stone Cold and a rock at WrestleMania 15 here in Philadelphia. They already put that in once they put, I think, um, the, the one of the prior to, um, WrestleMania, uh, prior to 2k games. I don't know if it was 22 
or 23 no it was 22 maybe that they added that match to it and added the wrestlemania um you know wells fargo arena in there as well i would definitely put that in i would not put 17 in because it's a reminder of that situation which means they will have to show the video clip of him and Mick. i mean they don't necessarily have to but it was like monumental to the situation and Vince McMahon ended up coming out and in, in, in helping to beat The Rock during that time. Um, now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and this could be the third encounter. But I... Let me see. Let me look at this, because I got to make sure. If this is the third... Because I believe it was the second encounter that where the McMahon thing happened. Uh, no, this is new. This looks like this is the one. Astrodome... Uh, this looks like this is the one. Let me see. Because this looks like... Vince McMahon fought son Shane. Falling. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this was the Astro Canadian Explorer. Wait, what was this at? No, this is the third encounter. Okay, so I think this one is okay. I think this one is okay. This is the final encounter of those two. So um, this is not the, the one from Canada. It was the one from Canada, I think, where... I think that's when everything happened. I, I got to remember. I got to remember which one. But um, one of them involved McMahon in a big way. And this might have been the third and final encounter, which led to Stone Cold actually retiring at the time, unbeknownst to many people at the time. Uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 20. Great match. Absolutely great match. Which the other match that they were guaranteed going to put in was also um, Russell, uh, what was it? Um, Kurt, I, I guarantee you Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar was going to be in this uh, list too, but they probably took that out. They're probably taking that out. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. Is that the... No, that was the good one. That was, that was, who oh, that one was the good one. That was the beginning of Taker's, like, streak of great matches in WrestleMania. And it probably started, this, I think this is the one where, um, Shawn Michaels comes down from the Raptors as heaven. <laughs> and, and Undertaker's coming from the Delves, the realms of hell. It was, that was, the entrance of those were just fantastic. Um, Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania 31. I think this, is this the one where he lifts him up and does an RKO from out of nowhere? I think so. And this is, when it, when it gets to like 30, this is when I blur out because I stopped watching WWE at that time, you know, around that realm. Uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. This, I guarantee you, I didn't see this one. Uh, this was WrestleMania 35. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in Firefly House match. Definitely did not see this match. I I stopped watching WWE during this time. WrestleMania 36, Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens. I heard this match was phenomenal uh, at WrestleMania 38. So I'm looking forward to seeing the highlights of that. Actually, I should honestly go back and watch that and check it out because I heard it, it was really good. And this is like, I'm a big fan of Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. And um, this was like a passing of the torch, I was told of that so Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 39 Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39 which was last year and Bianca Belair versus Asuka at WrestleMania 39 which was last year Bianca Belair and um I think Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch is going to be on the cover as well so I know Bianca Belair definitely oh no it's Rhea Ripley I'm sorry Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair is going to be on the uh, cover this year so 
Um, those are the ones that we know that is going to be in there and there was going to be others, but on the official now again, these showcase modes are normally out day one along with everything else. However, there are changes that have been made due to the circumstances of the recent allegations on their official PSN store. And I don't think anybody realized this cause they didn't read it and I read it and I was like, whoa, um, this is this new. This is, I don't think people really saw this or people are going to be surprised if you haven't listened to this show right now, but, um, on their official PSN store page, it states that the 40 years of WrestleMania package will not be available until summer of 2024. This is actually unprecedented. Um, this is never, I've never seen them do this before. Uh, I've played these games for years. They always had a showcase mode. All of their modes were around during that time like this is usually at the ready so this is this is interesting and it states on their on the psn deal is probably on xbox as well and it says celebrate the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment with wwe 2k 24 40 years of wrestlemania edition packed with all of the bonus content from deluxe editions nightmare family pack and more the 40 years of WrestleMania edition includes 40 years of WrestleMania bonus pack available summer of 2024 featuring for, um, the WrestleMania 40 arena. That's awesome. So we're getting to fill it up. We are getting a Philadelphia arena in here um, as well. So that's cool. As well as the gold faction cards. So if I'm reading this right, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but it sounds like that they are working they they are working to add stuff in but also they may be working to take stuff out and i could be wrong it sounds like it just does sounds like that it you know the bonus pack will be available in um into in summer 24 uh 2024 or it could mean that they have already you know they're working on taking you know precautions to take these take some of those out honestly i whatever it takes do it just do it I hope most likely this is due to the work needed to you know take out both Brock Lesnar and McMahon. I don't know how long that would take to do, but McMahon, I get like I said, McMahon is involved in a lot of stuff throughout the years um, as a character. So I don't know what they're going to do, you know, and the allegations involving Janelle Grant will also be said to, uh, you know, and affect this whole entire situation. So, um, I feel bad for 2K games right now. Like this is something that I'm sure they didn't want to do, but you got to do what you got to do. Take them out. Hopefully fast sooner than later. So we'll see. But um, I'm I'm excited about this game. Um, I'm hoping that they do it right. I hope that honestly, for me personally, I, I know there are some people out there for some reason is trying to deflect what this man has done. Not only this situation decades of cover-ups and ndas and 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 scandals and situations like come on when it starts piling up man you gotta you gotta really stop you can't don't let your fandom overwhelm you know one's moral and ethics it's not that you should never be that much of a fan you, nobody should be that much of a fan that you're gonna overlook somebody's safety and well-being because it's not just janelle grant it's plenty of people throughout the years that have said virtually the sim similar things about this man 
and the things that he was done and he's able to get away with. And it's, it, I'm, I'm just tired of people in society glossing over certain things that people do and allowing anarchy to happen. It just does not make sense. Like, can we not, can we stop being lazy and put an effort into making sure that we actually have, you know, live in a great, safe and more positive environment? Like, come on, man. I'm a wrestling fan too, but like, I, my wrestling, my, my fandom period for anything does not go over my moral, like my, my moral and ethics at all. I don't even want to hear that, but you know, it is what it is. It happens. And I am at least glad that they have taken precautions to make sure that, you know, this dude doesn't get near anybody again. So hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully, because that's the only reason why I'm watching WWE right now, because they finally found a way to take his ass out and Kevin Dunn and whoever else has been affecting it as well. So we'll see. All right, let's talk Xbox. Not Xbox, Xbox. Um, recently and the on their official podcast, they uh, announced a lot of things that have got people interested, intrigued and even wondering. <laughs> what's come, what's next for the uh for the game company you know it's no stranger to anybody you know phil spencer announced what was going on with the company a few months last year and um kind of waved the right flag and said like okay nintendo playstation you guys have you guys you know nailed us we 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 admit defeat in this case um it had people wondering like what's going to happen to xbox are they still going to keep going or are they is this going to be like Sega where, you know, we're just going to start publishing games and not coming out with consoles? Well, we finally got some answers this week because Xbox confirms that, yes, a new gen console will be in the works and it will be coming. So we learned that Microsoft is not waving the white flag and, and uh, to the console wars just yet. They announced that there is a uh, few next, you know, they announced their plans for the next few years, uh, which includes the coming of a new Xbox console that is geared for the future. This was talked about on the latest episode of the official Xbox podcast, which I wasn't aware that they had. That's pretty interesting. Pretty smart, too. They also discussed plans for multi uh, platforming, which includes Xbox exclusives coming to PS5 and the switch as well as um as but also still working on a flagship project as well we've just in this is coming from phil spencer we've decided uh we've made the decision that we're going to take four games to the other consoles uh and rumor has there has been any official announcement what those games are but rumor and word is that it may it could be hi-fi rush which i heard so much about this game um and I'm eager to want to play it too. So I'm hoping that is one of the games that will come to the switch or come. I, Cause I looked at the, I think I looked at footage a while back and I was like, yeah, this game looks pretty dope. And like, this would have been awesome on, on other platforms if we could get our hands on it. So it looks like we could, uh, another one is, uh, what is it? Permanent or pentiment and, and followed by a season of thieves, uh, as you know, and grounded as some of the games that will, that possibly could be coming as well. But very interesting. They're trying to find different ways to appeal to fans. Uh, honestly, I think they what they should do is look what they have done so far. And this is like, this reminds me of the wrestling scene right now. Because we got 
AEW, WWE, and uh, in a lot of ways, TNA. Xbox to me is the TNA of the, of the group. Being that like they have their niche, they have their niche uh, fan base. And basically it, it only takes them but so far. And they don't appeal to the other people that are attracted to AEW or WWE. So they need to start trying to find ways to appeal to that crowd. I don't know what it's going to take because I know Xbox a lot of times focuses more on first person shooters, um, which is a genre I'm not all that in. I, there are some FPS games, as you guys know, that I have, you know, adopted and gotten into. There are other, you know, mostly the story based ones. There are other ones where I am not still like down with playing. So they do have some other, you know, third party games that that are played on all their other game systems. Also, the controller. I haven't played a Xbox um, one controller or Xbox Series XS controller. Um, I don't know if they have the same features as as um, PlayStation's DualSense controller does, but I was never really a big fan of that either. So, I mean, it is basically, it is basically something that they need to start thinking about appealing to like certain game genres that PlayStation and, you know, X, um, and, and Nintendo Switch has that appeals to other people. I think they just need to try to find that that other market that they need to appeal to. So we'll see. We'll see if this what, what, just what 2024 and beyond is going to be for Xbox in there. So, um, you know, I, I I've only owned the Xbox 360 and my replay value with that was very low because um, it just didn't have anything that appealed to me. And all the other games that they like most of the games that I played on the 360 at the time was from the PlayStation, was from the Xbox market, like the old arcade games, the, the you know, the retro games and all the stuff that from the marketplace. Otherwise, it was just like I had nothing in terms of like I was never a Halo fan. I played Gears of War and I didn't get into Gears of War because I didn't like the third person shooter type of thing at the time. And it, it just it, it just wasn't for me. And, uh, you know, I just needed something that I Xbox has to have something for me that is a must have. Like, I this looks awesome. I definitely need to play it. And the games I just man, I can't even think about and have a great memory of the games that I played. And I did buy quite a few triple uh, A games from them. I just don't recall having the experience that others have had in there. And it's, you know, I can. But if you say Nintendo Switch, if you say PlayStation 5, hell, if you play, if you say PlayStation 4 or 3, I can definitely pop off the mouth of like games that that will bring nostalgia to my memory. You know, I'm just one of those people that they have they don't appeal to. And hopefully that can change uh, in the near future. And they also did talk about, too, that they are going to uh, look into probably supporting more of the handheld uh, aspect, too. Um, and that's referring to the ASICs and the uh, Steam Deck and, and such like that, and try to you know work with their operating systems to be able to play more of their games on that platform too. So um, that is something that worth looking into. You know, maybe handheld will be a lot better of experience for an Xbox game for me. Who knows? We'll see. So, all right, let's talk about other news. Crystal Dynamics, a name I haven't heard uh, talked about in a long time, a company I haven't talked about in a long time. You know we 
mostly know them for the um, now defunct Marvel Avengers game. But originally we knew them for the very successful Laura Croft and Tomb Raider series. And it looks like they are going back to the well of Tomb Raider um, and they're developing a new one in the works. And they just revealed the new look for Laura Croft, which looks fantastic. I mean, thing is, I can't be too excited about this because it's like there's, it's not like a huge like a huge nuance to her. It's the same Laura Croft, gorgeous looking, um, you know, uh, character. Um, I think the, the issue was over time is that like the different designs, the different character designs of Laura Croft have been back and forth in terms of um, her body frame and endowment. Um, because the original Tomb Raider game, if you guys played it and remember playing it and seeing it, Laura Croft, Laura Croft was hugely endowed in, in the upper body area. Um, and then later on, they kind of made some changes slightly, you know, decreasing the mass, if you will. And now we have this new design, which I feel like they just, they found a balance. Um, it looks great. She looks great. Uh, it's, it looks like it's based on a model that they've actually, and there's a cosplayer out there that looks, that, that really looks like a very convincing Laura Croft. So I don't know if they used that model or they just found somebody that was, you know, that played the role. But um, Crystal Dynamics revealed the new look of Laura Croft, which is said to resemble a model used in Call of Duty 2023. And um, this woman looks the part uh, in every way, but not over exaggerated, if you will. It, everything just looks balanced about this uh, this design. So I, I like it. I like the other designs from the recent Laura Croft game, which I really loved the last few Laura Croft games that they had. I thought they were thought they were absolutely great, um, which is which disappointed me even more when it came out with Marvel Avengers and tried to do that live service crap, which is the same reason why everybody's getting, you know, a lot of people are getting pissed off at Rocksteady Games for what they're doing with um, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is the exact same thing uh, they're doing. Please, people, get in the live service, in the live service series. That's all I'm saying. So looking forward to seeing what they do next with Laura Croft and the Tomb Raider series from there. So um, let's take time out. This is Black History Month, and this is a show about video games. So I will continue to always praise this man and anybody else that I find that has made a huge contribution to this industry that I love because we don't get too many people that get acknowledged from it. And this is none other than Jerry Lawson, the man who invented the way we play games to this day. Um, you know, it's the sad part about this is that Jerry Lawson is the only black developer and inventor that we know of in this industry. I mean, there's others that work in industry, but it's like, like I always say, it's a speck of salt. It's a, uh, it's, it's specks of pepper and a sea of salt. And we need to see more because he's going to become like the Harriet Tubman, the Martin Luther King, the Michael Malcolm X, um, the go-to person for black history every single time. We need more people in this industry to do more than just game. And it's even sadder that we had to find out that 
the person responsible for the way we play video games today was a black man from Silicon Valley. And we just now hearing about it. I, I you guys remember, I did a review of the Netflix special high score in 2020. And I will not lie to you when I first, we were going through some tough shit in 2020, um, mentally taxing as if you're, if you were black in 2020, first of all, congratulations for making it through because we went through some shit when the, the George Floyd and the, uh, Breonna Taylor and the Ahmaud Aubrey, um, you know, situations were happening. It became taxing because we didn't feel safe. Not to say that we feel any more safe now, but we definitely, it's definitely been better than it was three years ago and amazingly better than it was three years ago. Um, but we didn't feel safe at all because people kept dying at the hands of cops and all this stuff like that. And then on top of this, I'm watching this special that's covering, you know, the history of video games. And then the story of Jerry Lawson pops up and we see his son and his daughter with their, with, um, the son, with the son's kid. Um, Anderson Lawson, I believe his name is. And I discovered from that documentary, thank you, Netflix, by the way, that this dude existed. And not only did he exist, but he invented the technology for interchangeable cartridges, allowing us to play different games on a console. Now, a lot of you may not have been around during that time. I was. Um, although I was unaware of this because I was, a, I was literally a little kid when, when the, when this all came out, but I do remember vividly that we owned the game known as Pong. And when you play Pong, Pong was just a simple, uh, console that you could only play Pong on. You, you know, everybody had a Pong machine, uh, machine, uh, for home, um, uh, for home entertainment. Cause you know, we went to Radio Shack at the time. You know, if you know Radio Shack, I know your age. <laughs> if you, you know, you go to Radio Shack, you pick one up, link it onto your old tube TV, uh, do the box, the switch box in the back and play Pong, which is the more, one, of, one of the most paleolithic video games of all time. It's the first game, um, first video game to ever come out. And that was always you're able to play Lawson worked with a company because they found out that in, in the back of his garage, somehow they caught wind of Jerry working on this video game, uh, design that is allowing you to, you know, use cartridge based games to play different games. And they've caught wind of it. And all of a sudden they wanted him to, you know, work with a team that could help him with the schematics. Um, well, well, not even helping with the schematic, with the schematics that he put together to help build what he created. And they created the console known as channel F, which was the first console to allow interchangeable cartridges. However, somehow I don't, I, I still want to, I would love to investigate this further because somehow Atari caught wind of the development and their invention ended up coming out and beat them to the punch, creating the Atari 2600. Now with Atari's financial and marketing power, it was too much for them to even get, you know, because they use, they had commercials with celebrities like Babe Ruth. And, and I mean, not Babe Ruth. Um, uh, what's the dude name? He got, uh, the, the baseball player, um, 
that is off the hall of the out of the hall of fame um baseball player that is Uh, who is that guy? Oh my God, it's in the top of my tongue. He, um, oh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Um, it's it's off to my tongue because he wrestled. He wrestled in uh in WWE for multiple years, uh, and got his ass whipped by Kane for multiple years. Due to gambling, gambling and baseball. Pete Rose. It is Pete Rose. Okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Pete Rose was taken out of, you know, who was taken out of the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose did a commercial for Atari at the time, and they showed that commercial on the Netflix tale. So um, they had a lot of star power. They had a lot of m money and commercial power to back up their idea to gloss over the idea that Channel F was even existed. And because of that, and it, be, it allowed them to make a lot of money off the 2600. And unfortunately, Channel F never seen the light of day. Not only did they, did they not see the light of day, Lawson's revolutionary contributions was unrecognized for a very long time until recent. And thanks to the docu-series High Score, which I highly recommend you guys check out, and many other YouTube videos after that, talks about Lawson's contributions. And because of that, Jerry Lawson's contributions now live on. And, you know, I knew there are people within the industry that know, and just a certain minority of people know. Now, more people know about it. And it should be noted that there are people, there are idiots online trolling, trying to deny the legacy of Lawson. I had a conversation with one in particular um, who after a time I just had to cancel. I had to just had to block him because he, the stuff that he was saying was stupid. And then on top of that, he's doing it on purpose. And I, I, I later found out, discovered that this dude wasn't even from the United States. His verbiage revealed that he was not from the United States. Like he was referring me as mate all the time. And I'm like, nobody in the United States uses the word mate. I'm like, you're obviously from London or you're from Australia or something like that. And it was one of those burner accounts like that this guy used. He, you know, which when you use a burner account, you're specific, you're using it solely to troll. You're using it to weaponize your account to do or say whatever you want uh, and not be identified. So I just ended up canceling him out because this dude didn't want to have a real conversation. He was pointing out, talking about, you know, he didn't invent or revolutionize anything. He tried to show me this, this uh, IGN post about who was really responsible, which it did say, it, you know, Jerry Lawson um, wasn't responsible. It was just telling the history. But then I showed him another article that does talk about Jerry Lawson's contributions on the very same IGN website that he was referencing from. So he was just, he was using confirmation bias to try to deflect any truth to his history. And then on top of that, he claims that he didn't invent the interchangeable cartridges that his team did. No, no, he, yes, he had a team to help him, but he also drew up the schematics and layout of everything in order how to make it. His team helped him put it together because you, it takes more than one person to get it done, and especially when you want it done in a timely pace. You can't discredit him where you're gonna when you, while also crediting P 
people like Steve Jobs or Cliffy B with the Unreal Engine or Miyamoto with everything that involves him and Nintendo and Mario and like each one of those guys had their own team, but it was those guys who came up with the mind and the material and, and, and the ideas to do it. You just have a team of people that are helping you bring it to life. But the person who came up with the concept, who drew it out, who thought about it, who brainstormed it, that person gives credit and Jerry Lawson gets that credit. I don't even want to hear it. So this is just to say thank you to Jerry Lawson, but also people learn the power of delete block and just the power to ignore negativity out there. And I'm talking to my own self and I'm taking my own I'm learning, I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm teaching myself as well. Cause I shouldn't engage as much as I should have with this person knowing, knowing that, you know, right. Like, especially black people, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to black history month, believe in the power of delete block in the power to ignore negativity, especially involving comments on social media during black history month, you will save yourself such stress and headache. I guarantee you. So there you have it folks. That will do it for this portion of uh, talk of the uh, show. Um, I will take a break, come back, and I will review Persona 5 Tactica and let you know how good is this and whether this is something that you can start off with if you want to get into tactical-based RPGs. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! We have reached the final stage of this program, and I'm here to review Persona 5 Tactica, developers P Studios, publisher Sega Atlas, and this is a tactical-based strategy RPG, and a very fun one at that. So, as always, I will cover my review based on the grading system I put together that covers story, originality, visual presentation, and performance, uh, sound and music, gameplay, fun fact, and replay value, and of course, actor performances. And if you played Persona 5 before, or even watched anime, you know performance is a stronghold in this game. So let's start with the story here, because this actually takes place after the events of the original Persona 5 story uh, in the game. And this is coming from the official website of Persona 5 Tactica, and it says, and I'm gonna try to read this because remember, I'm on a second tank of empty, so 
let's see how I get through this. But after a strange incident, the Phantom Thieves wander into a bizarre realm where its citizens are living under tyrannical oppression, uh, surrounded by a military group named Legionnaires. They find themselves in grave danger until a mysterious revolutionary named Arena uh, rescues them and offers to uh, uh, offers an enticing deal in exchange for their help. What uh, truth lies behind Arena and deals with uh, and deals she offers to Phantom Thieves? Persona 5 Tactical features an all-new story. Return uh, the return of their favorite. Uh, sorry, return of fan favorite characters, a brand new uh, set of allies and foes. Join the group as they lead an emotional revolution in the in this thrilling combat adventure. There's also another character involved that I won't spoil it for you will uh result in something even greater as we go along so um really really enjoyed the story immensely i thought it was really well done and um you know it's right up the alley of a lot of things that i love about persona 5 and the storytelling i i i didn't because like i said up until now i didn't really i enjoyed the anime but really dissecting the original persona 5 game or persona 5 real for that matter because that has a little bit of extra um storytelling in there and, and character development in there but really deep diving into that game really made me fall in love with it even more as i went through and played it and now i i am i totally totally absolutely 100 200 understand the fandom the the cult like fandom for these characters like to a lot of people they are true heroes in a lot of ways especially when you look at what we're experiencing in the real world here but you know these people better be glad there's no such thing as the phantom thieves because <laughs> they will be a major it's a lot of people that would have been revealing a lot of things going on in their world right now can you imagine jeff bezos or uh you know or uh elon musk or something like that like revealing what they do behind the scenes and their hearts has been stolen and all so can you imagine that you freaking imagine um we find out oprah winfrey has been in some shady stuff because the phantom thieves went like stole it stole her heart and treasure you know what i'm saying like i look at, not to say that oprah is you know shady behind the scenes but like that was that's the premise of what the phantom thieves do all these cult like people like taylor swift can you imagine they actually if you if you play strikers there is sort of kind of a pop cultural character in and tactica that really kind of plays off like a taylor swift like character so you know think like stuff like that it's, it's just like really interesting what they like i really would like to see a live action movie of persona 5 at this point because they could do so much with like the the the, the they can take liberties with the story and the characters that they're going up against can be based on some real world characters. It's just uncanny how relevant that game is. But in this game, they do the same thing, but they, you know, with them traveling from different time, time periods and, you know, in the metaverse, if you will, it has a different feel, but it still actually also complements with the games, you know, um, 
environment entails and i really like how they put this together so story i really enjoyed from start to finish and the characters that are involved and whatnot still it was a chibi style uh take on the phantom thieves and in persona 5 but they still managed to make it every bit as good as what we expect from them in there so i really enjoyed the story originality this is a fun player friendly tactical base rpg uh they use elements from other tactical base rpgs like uh des gaia mario and rabbits uh, mostly mario and rabbits you could you can see a lot of mario and rabbits in there it's in terms of the freedom to move the movement freedom because uh you know des gaia plays on a traditional tactical base you know deal whereas mario and rabbits they kind of change the way that you play tactical base rpgs and strategy games like that uh, fire emblem as well fire emblem is very traditional I would say more or less this is more Mario Rabbit style than anything, and they managed to be able to do it in a way. I believe because I played Mario and uh, and Rabbits, it's fun to an it's, to me it's fun to a fault, but it can be a little bit. I felt that it was a little bit more complex. This one was a much more easier. I was able to you know understand what I'm doing and move around a lot better and. Um, be able to come up with some really good tactical strategies throughout the game and the movement and the freedom to move was much better i feel like than it was mario rabbits i i personally enjoyed this better than mario rabbits myself um and this all implements the same familiar traits of persona 5 which makes it a real fun experience as far as visual presentation and performance forms like a charm the visual presentation you know i love it, it like i said it's the chibi character style um which is pretty much like a super deformed style that japan uses like you know they you know shorter characters bigger heads type of thing um so i really like that the style that they did um with this and it tells a fun story involving our favorite phantom thieves as they travel through the various amounts of multiverses of characters of the same you know deal sound of music of course probably also one of the other most powerful things about persona 5 because once again Persona 5 continues to provide the best soundtrack in all of gaming. I I almost found myself, and I actually, I'm, I'm gonna get the soundtrack. Like I could play the soundtrack from start to finish and not be bored. It, it's like when I played Killer Mike's uh, new album. It's like they, from start to finish, there's not a bad song in the mix and you're just listening. There were times when I was playing Persona 5 Royale or a strategy and I'm, I put the game down, but I have the music up. And I rarely, and rarely do I play games where I have the music up. This is one of the rare games that I have that that I do that. And there are times when I have to multitask while I, you know, put my play uh, my switch down for a minute, and you know, go on my iPad to check out something or do something. And the background music is still playing and it's just soothing and it's chill and it's like sort of kind of lo-fi-ish, you know, as well. I really enjoyed it. By the way, shout out to Game Chops. Shout out to uh, DJ Cutman for the um, these Persona 5 tracks that they uh, provided for this particular episode. Really awesome. Go out of your way. Check out Game Chops at GameChops.com or follow them on YouTube as well. A lot of great lo-fi hits like this and much, much more, man. Trust me so this uh th this did not disappoint at all there's a, there i like i love the soundtrack 
immensely. One of the, I definitely will say among the greatest soundtracks, you know, uh, soundtracks of all time in gaming. I, I will argue that. Uh, say absolutely argue that. In terms of gameplay, the technical base, uh, you know, di um, system is dynamic, easy to get into, and a load of fun. Thanks to the uh, thanks to Persona 5's tactical um, tactical options that they provide you, difficulty options I should say, um, allows you to enjoy the game your way, making it easy to just enjoy the story or even challenge yourself strategically. You know, if you have a strategic mind and you want to challenge yourself, you know, get into some really good obstacles that way. But this is again a game for everybody. Love it, absolutely love it, and. Much like other Persona 5 uh, entries, you can build and configure your team of Phantom Thieves while also upgrading their weapons. However, it's the one negative I think I have about this game. And there is some missing elements normally seen in previous uh, Persona 5 games, and that is the ability to upgrade hand-to-hand -hand combat weapons. It's not seen in this game at all, unfortunately. Uh, in fact, it's just like, it's just not even there like you can attack but the game usually a, a lot of times rely more on you know distance attacks you know using your your gun weapons or whatever like that so rather than you know do up close wide range because a lot of it um relies on you to be you know duck for cover or whatnot and just do it from afar but you do have the ability to do um and also to use your personas as well of course because you you know you have to um at some point but for some reason this game only allows you to upgrade guns rather than hand-to-hand -hand weapons like you would see on the original game or even strikers um which is kind of a shame in a lot of ways because i loved the design from the first persona 5 and especially strikers like if you the the, the weapons that you get from um from persona 5 strikers are awesome especially if you manage to complete all of the side stories that let you that unlocks uh new game plus and the weapons that you get that they reward you with are every one of them that they own are fantastic and it's like the most powerful weapons of the old game so when you're playing new game plus you don't need any other weapons they are your base weapons and the the design of the weapons looks absolutely gorgeous from each and every one of them so uh really wish that they had that in this game um why they decided to leave that ability out to switch uh, them out i don't know the other thing is that it doesn't allow you to purchase any other items or anything in here either and i thought that was a misstep because you go in and the idea is that it's designed to make sure that you get through each stage not needing to you know with whatever that you have it's almost like a survival type of tactic so there's no shops where you could buy items. You can only buy guns and not items. And what happens is when you're playing through the game, the idea is for you not to lose as much health as you could possibly can because what, but also if you played any persona uh, game, using your persona sometimes take HP from you. And it's up to one of your teammates to like help replenish your HP or sometimes using a persona particular you know um you know technique may take your sp and you're in hopes that you have strategized a way enough to be able to not 
you know, deplete all of your uh, health or your SP before actually taking out everybody in there. So it's it leaves you with a handicap pretty much in that in that sense. And there's no way of replenishing that unless your teammate actually replenish it for you. But while you're doing while you while you don't have the ability to do that, all you're doing in this case is just building up your funds and you don't really have anything to spend with the money that you're making. Cause if you already upgraded your, your, um, your weapons and, 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 uh, you know, even crafted your weapons even more, there's really nothing you could do after that point. And it just, it just builds. So it's like, it almost feels like it's a waste at that point. So that's my, I think that was my actual only negative of the game. Other than that, it's like, it's a very easy to play, pick up and play type of game that you love. It's just it, in, in terms of RPG elements, it's way too simple. It's way too simplified uh, in that case. But despite the limit elements, the fun factor of this uh, Persona 5 Tactica um, still provides a lot of fun thanks to the enjoyable story, great enemies to face and fun boss fights. So it's a negative, but negative that doesn't take away from the full experience, in my opinion. And as far as replay value, like once I once the game was over, you still have more game to play. If you bought the actual digital deluxe version, you it provides you with extra stories involving Akechi and uh, Sumire uh, Yushi, uh, Yoshizawa, so who's the uh, the young classmate of uh, Joker that ends up becoming a, a persona herself. And we, you know, Akechi is the, you know, persona, the crow, if you will. I believe they called him in, in the metaverse who end up, you know, the, the young detective who end up, you know, I don't, if I can't spoil it for people, it's already been out, um, who end up, you know, kind of turning on him, off again, on again type of relationship with him. So there's two storylines dedicated to him on there. So you have that on there. Um, and whether you are fans of persona five or of, or of tactical based strategies. This game is something has something for everybody. Literally. Um, if you're looking for a tactical based strategy to start with, if you never played this type of genre before, I would definitely recommend this game as a great starter game to play because it's easy for you to get into. It's a lot of fun to get into. It's a little, the gameplay is a little bit more simplistic, less complex. Um, I, the only thing I would recommend is that you will find your way to playing the original persona 5 or persona 5 royale first before getting this or go you can go into youtube and watch it watch the whole story you know flesh out from there i'm pretty sure there's probably a youtube video that just has all the cutscenes and everything if you want to do it that way but i'm telling you there's a lot to be had playing persona 5 royale and a lot of a lot to be had um I made the mistake, like I said, of just watching the anime that only covers the Akechi saga and just realized that there was a lot more to that. And I'm glad I did go back. So now we go to actor performances and it's safe to say the entire cast returns once again to reprise their roles as the Phantom Thieves and they don't disappoint at all. I've always loved how great their performances is and Persona 5, the cast for Persona 5 is an example of how great anime and video game voice acting has become over the years because they are they do a, such a phenomenal job playing in these roles as these characters my favorite character in the game is ryuji 
So I think his, uh, I, and I, forgive me because I don't know the name of the actor who plays Ryuji, but every time I listen to Ryuji, he's kind of the, the Kuwabara, uh character from Yu Yu Hakusho. He's kind of like that, that character of the game. And he, his performance always comes off so genuine like so uh, it's 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 he makes it easier he it's it's what they call sprezzatura <laughs> the art of making something hard look easy and this is how he does when he performs this character ryuji it is it really really does play off really well and let me see if i could get his name i gotta i gotta put some respect on his name uh cast let me see what we got here see if i can find ryuji Yuji Sakamoto played by Max Middle. What is it? Max Middleman? If I'm if I'm pronouncing that right, let me see. Persona Five actors: Xavier Mobius. Yes, uh, Max Middleman, who plays Ryuji. Uh, credit to that guy. He is absolutely fantastic. I love his portrayal of um ryuji and it, it it just shows he you could tell he enjoys it he's really good he's very charismatic if you see the picture that i see of him right now he has a rose in his mouth so that i mean it just tells you how of how of a charismatic how much of a charismatic guy he is but out of everybody and i love everybody like um cassandra lee morris who plays uh morgana also plays one uh erica uh Harlecher plays Anne, uh, Lady Anne, if you will. Um, Matthew Mercer, of course, is in here, plays Yusuke. Um, and Jeremy Lee, former uh, guest of one of my panels, uh, plays Makoto uh, Najima in here, so that's awesome. And of course, Erica Lindbeck, who plays Fad um, Fadaba Sak uh, Sakura in here. And uh, Zanthi, what is this? Is that with Zanith, or I'm gonna butcher this one. Uh, Huo plays uh, Hara Akumura in here. And there, it's just so many, these guys are just fantastic performers in here. Um, I enjoy this game immensely because of the performances. So again, if you're a Persona 5 fan and you really love everything about this performances in here, you're gonna love Tactica as well. They, they just it's like at this point they just go in the booth they do it boom they out and with my experience of talking with you know actors involved in video games and everything they are such pros at this they i will i give an example um you everyone's a matter of fact you heard it on this one the um the liner with um fred tatashore and, and um charlotte chung who plays in uh, a plethora of different movies and shows like over uh in games overwatch family guy you know they did that liner for me it blew my mind i have actual pictures of them actually doing the line and from my recorder and it blew my mind how easy they were able to do that they just read the line that i gave them and they did it as a team so and they didn't even they just said you you know you do this one i do this one and that did and they did it so what you hear right now is it was like a one shot deal and they knocked it out the park the first time that's how awesome these guys are and that's how i believe these guys portray the phantom thieves in this game so um 
outstanding performances in my opinion from there so all right with that said we got everything down we covered all everything so now let's talk about the grade that i give persona 5 tactica i will guarantee you it is much better than last week <laughs> let's start with originality i gave that 85 percent because while it is a lot of fun and, and and a very easy to pick up and play type of uh strategy based game it doesn't have too much nuance because we've seen a lot of this from the likes of Mario and rabbits before. So they kind of use that into their own element, but giving it the persona five flavor with it, which is still not bad. So I gave it an 85% at best, uh, cause they mixed in the use of the persona, uh, of their personas to add on it to this factor as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, from there we got visual presentation and performance 100% no issues with the game looked great played great no crashes anything like that just phenomenal um sound of music like i said one of the best soundtracks in gaming today and if not history it will um whatnot so uh gave it 100 percent for that gameplay 90 percent only because uh it didn't get the extra 10 basically because it lacked uh a a a, a deep you know rpg element to it which was like they we could have been able to upgrade the what you know the hand-to-hand -hand combat weapons and all that stuff the swords and and whatever that they use it only covers the blades and all the stuff so i you know otherwise it's still great it's still a lot of fun to play but i wish they would have added more rpg elements into the game but it didn't take away from the idea that it's still a very fun uh gameplay in this fun factor 100 again the lack of rpg elements didn't stop this game from being a lot of fun at all so gave it 100 their replay value 80 percent mostly because um there's so many other games i could play but i could definitely go back to this game and play it out of the blue just for the hell of it and again there's a lot more game to play after you finish the initial story mode too so if you bought the digital deluxe version active performances i just you know glorified them just now so why not give them 100 from there and story i thought was 100 as well great storytelling great dialogue great character development you know with the new characters involved and what we find out what happens with them and the secrets that they discover just really entertaining so greatly done this all totals with a score of 377.5 with a percentage of 94.4 giving it a solid a and uh well worth it a lot of great there's so much more um good and is bad and there's virtually no bad in here at all um so yes no to juju uh jujutsu kaisen curse clash which got a d plus last week hell yes to persona 5 tactica and thank you once again uh p studio for helping me get through a bad week gaming <laughs> with that so folks if you want to whether you are in whether you're looking to get into tactical based strategy games or you're a persona 5 fan this is a game that you need to go out of your way and check out so i highly recommend going to check out this but not until you play the first game and, and experience the stories of those because it's really awesome so folks that will do it for this edition of select start um this sunday you know i just talked about jujitsu kaisen curse clash well i'm about to review the cinematic equivalent of this as i talk about madam web 
which uh, came out on Valentine's Day. I, I will say this. I actually wanted to see Bob Marley One Love, and I may actually intend to go see that next week. But um, that ain't happened this week. I went to go see Madam Web because my spider fandom, you know, unfortunately had me to go here. And uh, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, you know, will I have actually something good to say, uh, which will rival a lot of what other reviews have said? That's what you're going to need to find out here. So we'll talk about that and uh, much, much more coming this week because there's a lot of Marvel news going on. Speaking of which, we talked about a lot of that on uh, this week's episode of All Elite Geekly with myself and Boris Roberto Aguilar on Sunday night's main event com you could go down there and check it out the newest episode is available we talked about the latest news that just happened yesterday they announced we'll be you know i'll be talking about a little bit on the show x-men uh all the marvel news that has come out uh this week we'll be talking about that as well um as as and of course our review of aew dynamite uh from this week as well so go out of your way check it out and uh we get a lot of great responses from that show and uh, great feedback from the show and a lot of downloads on that show so you know shout out to them there if you're a wrestler fan and you love all things anime comics movies and games all elite geekly is where you want to check us out at so go there and um this coming next week the third interview with my man desmond wong of the gentle brothers as we talk cat quest 3 i have been waiting to talk to him about it and even more now because we're going to finally get to see desmond in video form. the last two interviews i have not done video um that shows how long ago it's been since i you know entered singapore and got a chance to talk to him so he will be uh calling from his uh from singapore and uh we will have a conversation about what to expect next from the third and most epic installment of the cat quest series and there, after seeing the teaser trailer last year on, um, I think it was, was it State of Play or was it, um, I think it was State of Play. I don't think it was uh, Nintendo Direct this time. But either way, there was a huge teaser trailer for this game and much anticipated. And I'm looking forward to really getting my hands on this game and finding out what's available. So Desmond will be back on the show. And it's always great to talk to him. He was a lot of fun to talk to the first two times. And I am excited because we finally get to see him visually. So stay tuned. That is coming next week. Uh, it's going to be some weird times to time zone stores because he's in Singapore. I'm here in the U.S. So we managed to find a medium time frame to meet into this interview. So stay tuned. And I'm looking forward to doing a video production of this, too. So this is long. This is like one of those deals, just like Molly. Now I was waiting to get on video. Because the last time we talked, we never did video, and now we get the video, and I get to do my own bells and whistles with this. So this is going to be a lot of fun for me, as well. So stay tuned for that. That that uh, new talk time live extra, I mean exclusive, will be coming as well, folks. If you like this episode and every episode of Talk Time Live and Talk Time Live Extra, please check out our official website at talktimelive.com. That is where you can find all of our content from our audio, our video exclusives, like the one that I just mentioned, Tom Hewlett also, who is working on Contra, and I'm looking forward to that game coming out, as well as other interviews with Molly Flanagan, Amanda C. Miller, Kyle Hebert, um, 
Brian O'Halloran from Clerks. I mean, you name it, we got some bangers for you over there that you can check out. Also, my panels from Repop with the cast of Bleach, the cast of Sailor Moon, the cast of My Hero Academia, the cast of the OG Pokemon um, group, and much, much more. It's all on TalkToMLive.com, all for you to enjoy, all of your fandoms, all in one place. Go out of your way, check us out, and support us there. And folks, if you do like to listen in podcasts, we are available wherever your podcasts are played, and that is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, you name it, we are there. We are wherever podcasts are played. So keep us keep supporting us and keep us going and keep us growing as we enter our ninth year of Talk Time Live. So thank you guys so very much. And that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care and i will talk to you guys on sunday Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.